0: Welcome to another episode of Operations Avenue, an Alpha Kappa Psi podcast. Today we're going to be talking about ritual tips and tricks, so let's just go ahead and get started. This is Amber Hambach, I'm the CERC for Areas 1 and 2.
1: Coral Peterson, the CERC for Areas 3 and 4. Alec Moran, the Associate Director of Student Services the first point that we'd like to remind everyone about is that any issues that you have with the pledge class should be brought up with the pledges as soon as possible like we talked about on our last episode or a couple episodes ago um, you should be putting them on improvement plans if you have any struggles early on in the process and you shouldn't be waiting until ritual ceremonies to bring up any issues with the pledge class Rituals are
2: not the place to bring those issues up. It's really rituals are a place to sort of bring the unity of what the chapter is, as well as it's an experience that all brothers have. Um, So it unites us all no matter if you're in this um, chapter or if you are an alumni from back in the 1970s, the 1940s. Um, All of those rituals sort of bring us all together as a fraternity and really make us different than just another group getting together who have a similar interest.
0: Yeah, I think it should also be like a good experience and a good memory. Um, So bringing up, you know, something that they, a pledge has potentially done before their ritual starts isn't going to, they're not really going to think of that in a good light in their future.
1: Yeah, and you don't want to set a precedent where every semester it's something that they don't look forward to because they hear rumors about things that have happened in the past. Yeah, definitely. And that leads us into making sure that the
2: ritual is ready to go. You have all of the materials that you need. So in order to do this, make sure you're practicing the ritual ahead of time. You should have a ritual team. Um, usually that's the M.O.R. is the head of that, of course. And you'll have the different positions that are mentioned in the ritual manual. Just making sure you do a dry, at least one dry run um, through the ritual so you all know what you're doing. You know what you're saying. Everybody knows where to be in the room, just to make sure that it's as perfect as it can be for your potential members or your members participating in a ritual, Um, because that's what makes it special, is people remember
1: the experience that you have with it. Especially with room booking, it's gonna be in a different place sometimes certain years, depending on what's all going on on your campus. So you might have to set up the room a little bit differently than usual. So getting in there ahead of time is really important to know how you'll set that up so you don't run into any issues last minute.
0: Yeah. And I think part of Alpha Kappa Psi being a professional business fraternity, we want our rituals to be professional. The pledges or potential members, that's the first time they're going to be going through any ritual that is had. Um, So you want their experience to, you know, showcase the chapter, how, You guys want your chapter to be seen instead of kind of bumbling around because you guys didn't practice beforehand
2: right and some of the longest rituals are induction initiation but we also have the graduating senior and um, the transition of officer rituals but both of those are important Um, my chapter personally didn't do them but i definitely see how it's important sort of passing of the guard and recognizing those members so remember that even though A ritual may not be the big initiation ritual. It still matters, and it will matter to your members.
0: So the other thing you guys want to keep in mind um, for your rituals is that if any faculty or administration from your university would like to attend, um, they are welcome to attend and view those rituals regardless if they're an honorary member, faculty member, any type of member. If they're not they can still attend. Um, I'm an honorary member now, but I attended, um, an installation and ritual before I was. Um, so I was a staff. If anyone else wanted to come, they would have also been welcome to see that. Um, and that just kind of goes into, we don't want the universities where we have chapters, um, to think that anything
1: suspicious is happening. Yeah.
0: Suspicious is happening. Um, So if they want to see what's going on, it just kind of puts you guys in a better viewpoint, I think, in their perspective that you're just so open to allow them to come if they want to.
1: I think that just goes into making sure you're professional at the event. So you want to make sure that your dress code is up to par of what it should be. Um, making sure that you communicate the expectations for the dress code, both to members and pledges so that they're prepared for what the expectations are there. And you can always turn members away if they don't dress appropriately for the ritual.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and I think that, I mean, it
0: still goes into the ritual should be kept kind of a secret. You know, it's not like you guys should be walking around campus telling everyone, everything that happened in a ritual. Um, I'm actually pretty sure that's one of the first things that happens in initiation at least is that you re vow to not tell Disclose. the secrets of, yeah, of AK Um, But if one of those university administrators wants to attend, they have all the ability to do so.
2: Yeah. And we have that line and I know a lot of chapters will take that seriously of, not sharing the secrets of AKSI but we have that in order for the ceremonies to be special for those attending it's not that we're trying to hide something it's that they're special f- for those attending becoming a member because um, not very small percentage of people have that opportunity and so if you're in the fraternity you're lucky enough to have that opportunity it's not to hide something it's not like I went and told my parents, because I was so happy about my initiation. Like, that wasn't breaking any rules. They can, um, a pledge is free to sort of share their experience because it should be positive. But you want the secrecy or the, AK, what goes on in initiation is just a solemn ceremony. So it's more special if it isn't widely shared. Um, it's not to be secret, it's just to make it special for anybody else who might go through it.
0: Yeah, and I think I will say, I don't, this doesn't mean that you guys should just invite any professor that you have. Um, I think it goes more into if, if they want to attend and they approach you wanting to attend. Or like um, if your
1: faculty advisors yeah, want to be more involved in that.
0: Yeah, I think really the only person that you should invite that is not already a member would potentially be a faculty advisor that is not yet a
1: faculty member. Or, yeah. But like initiate them.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, a great opportunity to do
0: that. You can also do that. Yeah.
2: Also, if you're trying to form a, a better relationship with your like student activities, or if they have their own concerns, that's a time to offer to share that with them is that you're not keeping anything from them.
1: If they have questions, feel free to answer those. And speaking of keeping the ritual a secret, you want to make sure that you're not posting any pictures in robes or taking any pictures in robes. Nothing should be recorded there or taking pictures during that. It should just be kept for there, in your memory, forever. Great.
2: So usually we'll have, um, most rituals are done within the collegiate chapter with members or potential um, new members of pledges. But it's also a great time to include your alumni. So while you're including alumni, it's great to have them come back. Before you do that, though, make sure that you, they know the expectations um, and that things have changed over time. Yes, the ritual is sort of timeless in AKSI, but there are different things that have changed in the ritual over the years. Um, we just went through another ritual revamp um, because it needed to be done. And just so alumni are up-to-date and make sure that they know what's going on and what they can expect from the ritual, especially the new um, bridge rituals with the midterm interview and the court of honor presentation, because those are both probably pretty different from what they experienced.
0: Speaking of expectations... um... You also want to make sure that your members and the potential members going through the ritual also are aware of the dress code. Um, So that is business professional. Obviously, if there's some extenuating circumstance that somebody, you know, isn't able to find a blazer or afford something like that, um, I wouldn't say they aren't allowed in, um, but it's That's just to say, don't show up in sweatpants and like a messy bun. Um, So the dress code is business professional if the members are able to, you know, have clothes like that, Um, because we are a professional business fraternity. I feel like this is probably the third time I've said this. Um, And we want to make sure that our rituals, everyone kind of looks the part and is playing the part that they're supposed to be playing in the ritual
1: most of you should be aware of what the rituals are and we'll go over those in more detail in a little bit but if there's anything going on where you guys are doing one specific to your chapter that shouldn't be happening if you have any concerns or questions about what you guys should or shouldn't be doing with that please reach out to your volunteer team or to amber and i and we can help you guys with that and see if those should be a part of a different ritual or not but there are no chapter-specific rituals for AKSI. All right,
2: all of your rituals should be in your ritual manual. So if you have any questions, look there, and then you can ask your volunteers or your CERCs on something that um, you have questions on.
1: And if you need to remove any alumni or collegiate members from your ritual or any events in general that people are being disruptive, You do have the right to ask them to leave the ritual, and then you can proceed after they leave the room. Um, One person can definitely change um, the culture, the way that an event goes, and you don't want one person to ruin that experience for the pledges or members. So make sure that it's your guys' event, and make sure you take control of the room when you need to
0: yeah i mean i think that goes just into the general like atmosphere of the ritual um the members who are attending should be taking it seriously the people that are actually going through the ritual so potential members officers if you're doing transitions whoever's the I guess subject of the ritual they should be taking it seriously Um, and then the people facilitating the ritual should also um, so if you're reading off the ritual book and you kind of like stumble over a couple words like that's okay just keep going Um, it doesn't have to be like everyone laughs about it and you make like a like with your you know just just keep going like it's totally okay people mess up talking all the time we do it on this podcast and then Desiree has to edit it out for us. So. Um, Just make sure you're taking it seriously and being serious. Um, It's not really a time to be joking around. And then um, if the ritual is a little bit longer um, or if you're doing like court of honor and initiation on the same day, um, just keep in mind how long of a day you're expecting your members to be a part of you know, the chapter and be participating. Um, If there needs to be a lunch break or a snack break, bathroom break, whatever, um, just make sure you're also including time for that as well.
1: Also, if there's like a precedent that usually at like induction, they would get lunch and because of the timing of it or some other event, you won't be having lunch or dinner there. Make sure you communicate that so that your members aren't starving at the ritual. Yeah. Expecting food to be provided
2: I think the last thing we just want to hit home here and I know we've touched on it Amber definitely just touched on it too it's just it's you set the expectation that this is a special event for the chapter and for your members so it's that there's a time and place for joking around for having fun with each other that's awesome that's part of the fraternity but the rituals are really a place to really take in and be introspective of if you're going through initiation this might be the third time you're going through it. And we get all the time where people are like, well, we've always done this. Like, it's not that special anymore. It could be, I mean, think back on when you went through initiation. Like what were you thinking that day? Look how far you've come, look what you've done with the chapter. It's, it's a time for if you're a member to look back on what you've done and what you want to keep doing with the chapter and maybe recommit yourself to the chapter in initiation. That's definitely part of the ceremony is re- is committing to the chapter and committing to AKSI for your new brothers. Let's recommit um, during initiation.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point. Just reflecting on your membership. Um, another thing I know from my time in Tri Delta, every initiation that we had. So I was probably six because there were a couple years that we did it twice. Um, You learn something new um, just from re-listening to whoever's reading off, you know, the story of the initiation, whatever it is that you guys talk about um, for any group. I know that there were a lot of times that I was like, I didn't really catch that the first time we went through this. So just if, You know, just because you've already gone through it once and heard it once doesn't mean you should stop paying attention, even if you are being quiet, respectful, um, and not disrupting anything. So I definitely would also recommend that.
1: Just to give a little bit more insight of how to prepare for each individual ritual and some reminders about those. um, I'll start out with induction, induction. So with that, an issue that chapters run into quite often is make sure that you're collecting the pledge fee ahead of time. That way you're not being held responsible by uh, from us for any money that the pledges won't be paying you. So that should be at least $48 because that's what we charge chapters for pledge fees after they're reported as being inducted, which means they're reported as pledges, by the way. Um... So at least $48 if you're spending more money for the pledge program and you need to collect an extra $10 for a pizza or whatever that may be, um, that's fine. But that should be going directly to the pledges. And also ahead of time, make sure that you're aware of how many pledges you have in comparison to the amount of pledge pins you have you aren't sent pledge pins every semester after reporting you have to buy those ahead of time if that number that you would need changes Um, you can always buy those on the marketplace or we have them at events like pbli too
0: yeah i mean it's definitely okay to have more than one induction also so if somebody um like has to wait till they get paid to pay the pledge fee um it's okay to have a second induction for a second group of people. So I would definitely keep that in mind for induction.
1: And if you do boost the $48 amount due at the beginning of the pledge process and they need to go on a payment plan, our only recommendation would be to make sure that they at least pay that $48 that you'd owe us before you induct them. Um, So
0: the second ritual that you guys would do, um, just going off of starting with induction a new pledge. Um, the second one would be the midterm interview and um, this is just a reminder we have a question bank in the mid you know in the midterm interview section in the Bridge to Brotherhood facilitator guide um, so there's already a bunch of questions that you guys can use for those interviews but if you want to add different questions um, that would just have to be approved by me or Coral. So just, you know, get a list of those and send them over. I've done it a couple times. I just made some suggestions of how, you know, to make the question better or say this probably wouldn't be appropriate to ask. Um, So that's just something to keep in mind for the midterm interview. Um, Another thing that I would just want to remind you guys of is that it should occur between modules four and five because the topic of module four is preparing for it Topic of module five is feedback from it. Um, So that's why it's important that it actually takes place in between those because then the two modules wouldn't really make sense if it hasn't happened yet. Another
2: thing with the midterm interview is it should be the panel asking the questions. It's not the whole chapter asking your questions. Um, So that's another thing of going back to making sure, um, you know, who's on the ritual team is knowing who's going to be on that panel ahead of time so they can prepare um, with those questions.
0: Yeah, and I think... um, we'll probably talk about this with court of honor also, which is next. Um, if any of the pledges seem like they're really stressed, if they start like crying or, you know, anything like that, um, they shouldn't be required to continue through that. Um, and it might be a good opportunity to ask was there something we could have done to prevent this person from feeling the way that they felt? Um, some people might just have more nervousness and anxiety in general, which is totally okay. Um, but that's why they should definitely be excused to calm down instead of forced to continue through the process. It's a good
2: idea in that case also, when you, if you do get something like that, to have their big in the room if you're running multiple um, midterm interview sessions to make sure that everybody has support there, that you stop it, they get out of the room, they get some air. Um, It's also okay to have a chair if somebody, if they want to sit down too, Um, that's totally fine. It's whatever's gonna make them the most
1: comfortable so that they can answer to the best of their ability. And overall, if you know those things ahead of time and you need assistance with figuring out how you can make accommodations based on different things going on in their lives, just make sure that you work with your volunteers on what you need to do for that. Um, we're definitely open for accommodations, and you should be flexible with that, too. Great. So
2: moving on to the Court of Honor presentations. So this has changed a little bit with the Bridge Program. Um, now that they're in those presentations, it's we have a rubric that goes through what you should be looking for at the Court of Honor presentations as well as um, you can still use the midterm interview questions. That's a great bank of questions to keep using and on hand to have at that event. Court of Honor is also a good time to ask alumni to attend since it is sort of the culmination of that pledge process. Um, Just make sure that you're sending the expectations again of what the bridge program was. Um, what the pledges are doing and what they should expect from that ritual now um, so that they're able to come into and get the most out of that ritual as well um, and know what's going on with the chapter.
1: And then we have initiations. There's a few different kinds of initiations. There's collegiate, and then there's also honorary and faculty. Um, Honorary and faculty, those are public initiations. So if they have like a significant other or something like that that would want to attend, um, they're welcome to do so. For collegiate initiations, similar to induction, you want to make sure that you get the initiation fee before you would put them through initiation. Once they're reported as collegiate, The chapter will be charged for those, so you want to make sure that you aren't initiating anyone who isn't going to be paying the chapter for that. Um, Pledge pins should be turned in around here. They don't keep the pledge pins after they are initiated. Those should be turned in when they get their member pins. And then the member pins are not sent until after you report them as collegiate members in chapter spot, so... You won't get those before the initiation ceremony. Um, you'll basically be using the ones from the last semester that you got from reporting. So if you know that going into the fall semester, you'll be bringing in a larger pledge class, meaning you'll be initiating more people, and you don't have enough brother recognition pins for that, make sure that you're ordering those ahead of time too.
2: And it's always good to have those pins on hand anyways, because yeah. brothers will forget your them for meetings. Members them and a lot. <laughs> yeah, make sure you're charging your members if they keep their pin, if they keep an extra pin. <laughs>
0: All right. So I think that is kind of the process for, you know, pledging to initiation. Um, And then there's two others that we want to cover. And I'm going to start with the graduating senior ritual. Um, The first thing you guys want to make sure you're doing is making sure that Anybody who is going through the ritual and being reported as an alum is actually in good standing with the chapter. So if they're on a suspended status for non-attendance or financial, um, you'll need to make sure that they do complete their reinstatement terms before they're reported as alum. Um, Because that's something that it asks in chapter spot. And if you say, no, they've not completed their reinstatement terms, then we just automatically deny that request um, so even if they've graduated from the school and they're they haven't completed the terms they would just stay in that status until that is done um, so there are things that graduated members can do um, to be put back into good standing as an alum because uh, a lot of times once they're graduated they're kind of they're not on campus anymore, so maybe they wouldn't really be able to do community service. Um, so we normally just ask for a donation to the foundation um, and then we can put them back into cle- or alum status. Um, so that's just the first thing you guys want to make sure not reporting people that should not be reported as an alum. Um, so during the graduating senior ritual, Um, It's just a time to recognize all of your seniors' contributions to the chapter. They've been in four years, maybe less, but, you know, if they've had leadership roles, whether that's through an official executive board position or just, you know, being a role model to other members in the chapter, um, it's just a time you want to recognize all the things that they've done for your chapter. Um, And then... You also should probably invite some alumni because some of those people might be the bigs of the graduating members or good friends. Um, It's just a good time for your alumni to attend just so they can feel, you know, still connected with the chapter. And it kind of, you know, shows the graduating seniors that just because they're leaving the chapter doesn't mean that, you know, they're never going to be able to participate with you guys ever again. Um, And then the last thing I want to touch on with this is just risk reduction. Everyone should know the expectation of behavior for all members before the ritual happens. Um, So I think this one can kind of be more of a celebration, which is great because it should be. But um, we still need to set expectations for how we're going to act during these rituals. Because although it's a celebration, like all of our rituals are, it it still should be taken seriously.
2: The graduating senior ceremony should also, I mean, it's a good idea to do alumni orientation either close to it or around the same time, just so those members sort of get ushered into the next stage of their
1: membership. And if you're inviting alumni to your graduation ceremony and you're not necessarily able to get them to come to events super often, can always do it with that while those alumni are in town for that and on campus asking them to help with your um, alumni orientation especially if they're volunteers and want to talk about their experience with that or different contributions that they've made as an alumni. The last
2: one we have on our list today that you guys should experience and do each year um, maybe a couple times a year in this case is a transfer of officers. So what this means is you're transferring sort of the power from an old officer to a newly elected officer. So the officer transition meeting that you go over all of the information about what it takes to be that officer, um, any documents they need, any resources that they'll need to accomplish their job as a new officer that should be done before this ritual. And this ritual is sort of the official start of um, that new officer's role. So making sure that all the info is turned in before the ritual is a great first step, as well as bringing any physical objects to pass on. So this would be the ritual trunk, um, any gavel, anything that that those officers would need for that position um, should be passed on and could be passed on as sort of a symbolic thing at this transfer of offer officers ritual.
0: All right. I think that about wraps it up for this episode. Um, If you guys have any other questions about rituals, please reach out to me or Coral at CRC at aksi.org. And if you want to check out the other podcasts that we have made for this season, past seasons, uh, make sure to check that out at aksiorg operations-avenue-podcast. Thanks, and we'll talk to you next time.